Welcome to episode 62 of Iron Man Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alright guys, so welcome along to episode 62 of Iron Man Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How are you going, mate? Good. Good? I'm outstanding. Outstanding. It's delighted. Today. It's getting dark outside. Yeah, it's getting dark in Christchurch. It's only 4.50 in the afternoon and it's getting a bit dark, but that's okay. Anyway, Iron Man Talk is proudly brought to you by... Coffees of Hawaii. Go to coffeesofhawaii.com for all your coffee needs. And we've got some news on that later in the show, so keep listening. Oh, it's exciting times. So on this week's show, we've got age group. Oh, no, we've got news. We've got lots of news and lots of racing happening and has been happening. Um, we've got an age group of the week. We've got website of the week. Neil actually wrote us up a high five of the week. We're going to flag that this week and do it next week, aren't we? Yeah. Because we're just a little bit busy this week. Product Review Centre. Uh... Talking about transitions lenses and uh, Oakley glasses, which we've been trying out for the last couple of weeks. Some Oakley's glasses, and we're looking pretty hot right now. Mm. Um, Coach's corner, you're not doing it, and why is that? Because the power cookie girl is back in the house. Em's back in the house, and Em's going to be focusing on GI and what we can do as I men. And if you don't know about that, we'll explain that later on. Have a few questions and answers at the end, but it's pretty much just so. So let's get into it. News: I am in Brazil. Yes, we didn't actually talk about it last week. So um, why was that? Well, there's a couple of reasons. One is because the Iron Man site is crap, and, and it didn't <laughs> never our fault, <laughs> and it didn't say anything about it a week out. So when I was scanning through the websites, it didn't pop up. And the other reason is when you go into the Iron Man site and you click on the events, it's got all the events sort of listed. You would think in sort of chronological order, mm. and so the next one listed is Japan, and so I clicked on that, and that's not till June, and I, so I didn't happen to see why. Brazil coming up. But it was on over the weekend. It looked like it was a successful day. It was a pretty good day racing too, eh? Yeah. Mm. So on the male side of things, who took it out? We had Oscar Galindez. He's won it, I think it might be his fourth time he's won it, either third or fourth, and he just dominated on the bike. Mm. It looks like a lot of them came out of the swim together. A lot of guys doing sort of 50, 51, all within about a minute or so of each other. Old Stephen Bayless led it out, 49-15 in the swim. I think Nina Kraft came out for the top boys as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I would expect her to come out around 50-51. Mm. Uh, but Oscar Gillen is just dominated on the bike, riding 4-29. Um, what was the next fastest ride? It was like 4-35, still six minutes down. Yeah. Um, so he really killed everybody on the bike, and it looked like he, you know, he ran three hours and he did it comfortably, an eight-minute victory. So his splits were 50-23 for the swim, 4.29 on the bike, which is averaging 40k an hour, which is always pretty impressive. It's impressive, eh? And just reeled out a three-hour flat uh, run for a total time of 8.21. Nice. Second place, we had Colucci... No, no, first name's... Oh. I say that. Ronaldo Colucci. Ronaldo Colucci. Interesting with this guy's. I mean, if we look through the ages here of the guys, this guy's only 21, and I yeah. feel crap. You know, man, that's awesome. But it is actually about the third or fourth time he's done it, and he's always been sort of third, fourth, fifth. Yeah, I recall him, we, us talking about him last year on the show. Yeah. What was really cool was the race between him and the guy who got third. Very uh, close. Yeah, he actually ran him down yeah. like about like in the last kind of few hundred meters, didn't he? Must have been because uh, he he ran a 2:55, and Eduardo Stirler. Ran a 3.02, and uh, there was only, what's that, 20, less than 20, 17 seconds 17 between seconds, them. yeah. 
Ah, oh, that rat. And it was literally within like the finish line on, on Iron Man Live. It was just, break your heart, wouldn't it? Be break your heart. <laughs> <laughs> that would break your heart, wouldn't it? Because you're kind of getting towards finish. Just get there. I've got it. I've got it. Go turn around. Some mm. bloody 21-year-old kids just mowing you down. Yeah, so. Well, <sighs> still, he's, a, he's a good athlete. He finished uh, second, I think, last year at Iron Man uh, Florida. Uh, he's always a pretty good performer down in Brazil, so good performance. And then uh, fourth place, we had Sebastian. Pedraza and uh, Stephen Bayliston at fifth, fifth, and then the old glove man Petr Petrovic in sixth place. He's only thirty three. I thought he was older than that. And that must be his twentieth race for the year. Yeah, (laughs) but we actually a while back when we were talking about Peter and the glove man, um, Uli sent us through an email just something that they had. I think it was on that triathlon uh, magazine, uh, D Dudes or whatever it is. And uh, just saying, and Van Bustick was actually saying what actually happened in Monica, so we thought we'd actually bring that up. So he's actually a Blue 70 distributor, which, mm. I, which I didn't know. So he thought it was a really good way to promote the gloves in the race, and so mm. that's the reason he actually wore the gloves on the race. And he asked the promoters about it, and they, he seemed to have the impression that he was able to do it. And uh, Yeah, so I mean, the whole reason why he did get disqualified, somebody protests, and it's against the rules, and it's kind of a... Bit of a black and white one. They did give him a penalty at the time. Uh, Although, no, that is interesting. He's saying that he was actually only meant to get a 10% uh, time addition to his swim. But then the race, well, this is what he's saying. I think they kind of made that rule up a little bit on the spot. They didn't really know what to do. So Uh, I think, yeah. I don't think there is any really hard and fast rule. And at the end of the day, the the, the final decision rests with the race director. I like what I like what he did say in this comment here. He's saying, "Well, I want to go back next year and kind of well, claim my win." You, yeah. can, you can take him down next year. Well, I might do one. Okay, so there you go. Just smack him. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, back to the, uh, Brazil. So, it looked like it was a pretty good race but, day out there. And pro- probably finally, we should also mention Olaf uh, Shabustas, who finished in seventh place in eight hours forty-two. He's won the race a couple of times. I think he finished third last year, possibly. He, he had bike problems on the day. Did he really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm, and, so, but uh, he, but he's coming back basically from cancer. So, wow. to, you know, this time last year, I think he finished third, and then he had to battle with cancer during the year. I'm not quite sure how bad it was, um, but I think it was it was pretty reasonable. Well, we've had him on the show. Exactly. We mm. interviewed him. He mm. does the triathlonprofessionals.org. Um, a great return to form for him uh, to be in there in seventh place, especially considering he had some problems. On the girl side of things, Alina Kraft took it out, so it's mm. her first win back. Despite saying she's never going to do another Ironman yeah, in yeah, Malaysia. in Malaysia. So she came back, took it out at 9.12 with a runtime of 314, bike of 507, and a swim of 50. So she did come out for this first boys. Yeah. And so did the second girl, Didi Griesbauer. She did 51-13. Looks like she rode with Nina Kraft. They both rode 507. Yep. And apparently Nina Kraft pulled away at around about the 12-kilometre the mark for a six-minute win. But that, that's still not a bad result for Didi Griesbauer. You, you sometimes see her popping up in the Hawaii coverage, but she often sort of falls away. And I do think the standard of the women's running is starting to improve a little bit. You know, you look at all these girls here, they're all running sort of 310 to 320, the top four girls. Um, so I do think they're starting to make some good improvements on the run, which is great. Mm-hmm. And then Bella came in at third, so... Yeah, it's pretty good. solid day from her, but from the sounds of things, she just had too much of a slow swim. Came out of the water at 58, and it sounded like she was just chasing all day. Uh, I think at one stage she was down to like sixth or seventh place, and just as the run went on, she was catching people. But mm. obviously, when you're, you're eight minutes behind someone in the water, it mm. does hurt, doesn't it? And it's all these, uh, all sort of Brett Sutton's crowd, like Bella's with, I'm pretty sure she's with Brett Sutton now, and then yep. Hil- Hillary was there again getting second Hillary was place. second for a long time in the race. Oh, was she? Yeah, yeah, definitely. She was uh, second, I think, up until like. 
towards the end of the bike even. Yeah, well, she, yeah. she only ran a 3.37 to finish in sixth place, so that that is a little bit slow for her. She's not an amazing runner, but she's generally a little bit quicker than that. Yep. So uh, pretty good racing there, really. 9.12 for, for Nina Kraft, 9.18 for Didi Griesbauer, 9.20 for Bella. So that's really only eight minutes covering the top three, so that's good. And then good to see Fernanda Keller still up up amongst it in fourth place, a Brazilian girl. She's been in the top three in Hawaii for years. Oh, is she? But we should, 43. We should, yeah, that's the other oh, thing. When you look mate. at the ages of the girls, you know, they're a lot older than the guys. Nina Kraft's 38, Didi Griesbauer's 36. Wow. Fernanda's 43. 43, that's awesome, the isn't The girl it? who got seventh, seventh uh, so cut. So why, why is it that chicks are just going to last so much longer? I don't know. They're just hardcore. It is, and they just they do get better with age. And uh, guys, we just fade with age. The guys, once you start getting past thirty-five, they do start to deteriorate. uh, But the girls keep going because that that is impressive. Forty-three. You know, like there's no guy out there. Although, how old was Dave Scott when he got second? He he was forty-two, I think. But that's, I mean, he's he's special. special. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, so uh, that was pretty much Brazil coverage. Just I was on the internet today, just doing some doing my peas for the show. Mm-hmm. And last week we were talking about the race across America and uh, how some guy done it in eight days. Yeah. And while I was on one, I think it was on Competitor.com, which is a magazine type website, and uh, they had um, the fa- the record for the fastest run across America. And mm-hmm. some guy called Frank, go on, Giannio. Giannio holds the record forty six days to run three thousand one hundred and three miles. Nineteen eighty. Nineteen eighty. I worked out it was an average of three miles an hour, so it's not the fastest <laughs> run. <laughs> Although I imagine you're sleeping, but Yeah. Yeah. No, that's pretty impressive. That's crazy, isn't it? I don't know. I haven't got any fascination to do any of that real long running. Yeah. I've got fascination to do lots of cycling, you know, maybe like bike the length of New Zealand yeah. or bike across America or something like that. But when you, I, I find it a real struggle when you're actually running that slowly. Yeah. I, just, I don't find it very rewarding. It's just a fast walk, isn't it? Yeah. 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 And I think you, you can actually do some fairly decent damage. Would you like to, to do yourself. adventure racing, like the, the four-day no, stuff where you don't sleep? No, to me either. Oh, so I wouldn't it's mind just... doing that nice sleep stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why not? Okay, I've got to actually go here. So you talk about Triple T. So Triple T, for those of you who don't know, it's a fantastic concept. It's a race that's been around for quite a while in the States. And it's basically you're doing an Ironman spread over sort of three and a half days. So you start up on Friday night, I think it is, with basically a really small sort of prologue. It's like, I think it's like a two, 250 meter swim, like a five mile bike and a couple of miles running. It's, it's really short. And then, uh, so the guys that were doing it, they were taking 20, the top guys were taking about 22 minutes. So let's next, go. Let's go. The next day you do uh, in the morning, uh, in the afternoon, you have a morning race and an afternoon race, yep. both sort of Olympic distance. I think one's like a time trial and you can do it in teams and things like that. And then you have an Olympic distance race. And then on the Sunday, you have a half Ironman. And again, you can do that with a team or you can do it as an individual. So you can actually team time trial the race or yep. do it as an individual. So. It's a bloody hard way to do an Ironman. Because and then the fourth day, they've obviously got a fourth race. Four is obviously maybe it's a half. That, that's a half Ironman, yep. so okay. that's on that's Sorry. on the Sunday. Yep. And it's on very, very, very hilly course. Uh, but it's just a hard way to do an Ironman because you're going hard out on the first couple of days and then you come, you're backing up on Sunday and trying to do a half Ironman on a hilly course. Nice. Uh, the guys just explode apparently on Sundays. You know, if you don't get your pacing right and you've gone out hard, it's just like an Ironman and you can see these guys just crumbling Tears on the bike. I I remember on Epic Camp how a few of the boys were actually talking about doing the Triple Ten, just saying how it's one of the greatest races you can do. Yeah. It's just a really good event. Fills up every year. Yep. But and you can look by the times. I mean, it's basically an Ironman distance. The guy who won it. Scott Myers. Can you make that page yet bigger? I'm losing my eyesight. I'm on a Mac. We can do anything. 
So Scott Myers took it out in time of 9 hours, 57 minutes, 15 seconds. And then we had, uh, you can go for the second one, Bevan. Oh, just Ben School, School Julio. Yeah, top top stuff. Uh, <laughs> 9.59, so really close racing there. Just Actually, two, yeah, two wow. And then between second and third, we had Eddie Walker, and he came in at 9.59.28, so only 18 seconds after four races difference yeah. between second and third. Great stuff. And on the female side of things, we had... An- Andrea Myers, I wonder if that's a husband and wife combo. I think it is, mate. Oh, I'm making an assumption, but I think we've done we it. Oh, uh, she, she took it out in 11 hours 26. And then we got Hope Hall in at second, and she got 11.49. Oh, no, she got 11.44. No, she was third, and we oh, had yep. Cheryl Cheney in second in 11.44. So right it's a great concept, uh, and it's actually something that I'm going to try and set up down here in Christchurch. Just oh, as a bit back of a, it up, Just eh? as a little training session. And uh, possibly an event for the future. And we uh, last week we talked about the Auburn, the hardest triathlon. The hardest triathlon. The hardest half, half in the world. And good old Albert came in at third place. Albinator took third. Definitely slower time. So the guy who won it, uh, Victor Plata. Plata. He came in at 4.51, so pretty slow time. But obviously, so I'm thinking the bike's what hurts. The bike's what hurts. The, guy, the Most of the guys, I mean, Albert rode a three hours, which is, you know, pretty slow yep. for, for a half course. Uh what we had is we had Lars Finninger, who nailed the bike, and he did 2.45. There's very few guys that went under three hours. Uh, Victor Platt is actually a former ITU guy. He raced at the Sydney Olympics. Apparently, he's taking a bit of a break from um, sort of full-on training and doing a bit of study, and he managed to mow it down running a 127. So he finished in 4.51, and then we had Lars in second and Albert in third in 4.59. It's a great race for Albert. Can we find the girls? Is that obvious? I don't think they have the girls down here. No. Oh, see, that's poor results, Bevan, isn't that's it? That's poor results, isn't it? If we did it, when you do your race, you're going to have to get results, aren't exactly. you? Exactly. We can't even see the girls. When are you going to do your results? When are you going to do your race? I'm in. Uh, November. I'm in. Oh, yeah, I'm in. Yep. Yep. Sign me up. I'm the first on the list. Okay. It's $5,000 entry fee. <laughs> Put me in twice then. <laughs> uh, we got Victor. We had the sub, uh, sub, Subaru or Subaru. What do you say? I say Subaru, but I think it's supposed to be Subaru. Yeah, us Kiwis, we do say Subaru. They used to market it that way. Yeah. The Subaru yeah. or Subaru Victoria International Half Ironman, which is in Canada. And the guy who, Jasper Blake, who took out the Ironman Canada. Or yeah. Ca- yeah. Yeah. He took out Canada last year very convincingly, and he's a guy sort of on the rise. So he took that race out. Yep. And uh, Kim Lofter, who had a top 10 in Hawaii last year, she also finished second at Ironman New Zealand. Or was it third? Third at Ironman New Zealand. Yep, she did too. And, uh, and she took the girls' race out. She was a strong runner, wasn't she? Very strong. Yeah. Skinny girl, but really yeah, strong runner. Yeah, just leaping, eh? Like, yeah. Boom, boom. Very aggressive. A little bit like Lisa Bentley, really just looks so aggressive on the run. Yeah, totally. So uh, this week coming up in races, we've got a quite there's heaps of halves and 70.3s happening, isn't it? It's yeah. like halftime. So it is halftime. <laughs> it's halftime. So we're, gonna, we're not going to be reporting on every single half in the world. Um, we're going to try to just focus on some of the, the bigger ones with the bigger fields. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really impressive to see how the 73.3 is growing, growing so quickly. You know, in this one weekend coming up, we've got Austria, we've got Switzerland, and, and Switzerland, Hawaii, oh, Hawaii yeah. all in one weekend. So, uh, while I do like to slag the W2C off fairly regularly, <laughs> uh, I, I think it is fantastic that we do have a, a sort of a worldwide series sort of setting up and, and really starting to spread it, spread its wings. So, there's quite a few guys racing. Uh, Brownie's going to be taking taking on Austria, uh, and I think we also watch out for a young girl from down here in New Zealand, Gina Ferguson. I think she could. Uh, oh, she in Austria? Is she? She's just left oh, today, okay. so she's going to. For this could, weekend. Yeah. So I think she could do a little bit of damage uh, over there. Even so, today? Yeah. So that about? Yeah. She yeah. left earlier. She's over there for a while. Uh, 
in Hawaii, you've got uh, Mecca and Lessing Mahi Head. Are they? Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that very nice. Yeah, That'd be did, interesting. My, did my piece. You did your piece. Nice. So that should be really interesting. I don't think there's anyone else of note, but no. um, those two boys going head to head would be a good well, race. Well, last year, Mecca and uh, McKaylee Jones basically just blitzed it. I think no, McKaylee Jones is there again this yeah. year. So It's a great race. I mean, we had a guy here from Christchurch who went over and did it. And you really you, you do go over a lot of the course um, that they do in Hawaii. So it's your chance to see if you, if you never think you're going to qualify. You know, it's a great opportunity to go out there, see what Hawaii is all about, and then you can really appreciate what the guys go through in October. And yeah, and it's for the pros. It's actually not a very strong pro field, so it's a good chance to kind of maybe earn some money. Yes. Mm. Um, so in Switzerland, so you pulled this up, didn't you? It's a really interesting comment on what they're doing with doping or to try avoid doping in the sport. With the Switzerland seventy point three, do you want to elaborate? Yes. <coughs> doping has been in the news a lot, and we're going to come up, uh, come onto a couple of other topics shortly. But what I, I was just sort of looking at the Switzerland 70.3 site and uh, I was just fascinated that if you go over there and you race as a pro, uh, you need to sign a contract and if you test positive uh, for, for drugs, you have to pay the race organiser 25,000 Swiss francs, which is a lot of money. I, I've, last time I, I was in Switzerland, I think it was about one New Zealand dollar to one Swiss franc. So if it's still approximately like that, it's probably about yeah. between fifteen to 20,000 US. Yeah. So we're talking big bickies, and yeah. that's the kind of thing that I think is going to do great things. Uh, if, if you were taking drugs, there's no way you would risk going over there. Well, you wouldn't do the race, would you? No way. No. It's great, isn't it? Imagine if they did that at every race, uh, and if you got busted, that's some serious pings. Yeah, well, hopefully they, hopefully this takes on, you know, becomes oh, yeah. something, you know, because it's like, yeah, it's great. I think I, it's a really I, good thing. Excellent. So... Uh, you know, for all your aspiring pros out there, it's just a little bit more motivation to make sure that you are really careful with what you take, uh, you're really careful with supplements you take, and, and make sure that you're not going to test positive when you haven't actually taken anything. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that would suck, wouldn't it? It would. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so also coming up this weekend, we've got a, what's that, the UK? We've got the... In the UK, we've got the Bala Half Ironman and Weymouth Half Ironman, just for all you Try Talk listeners out there, we know And the Pirates, and, and the, the Pirates. See, now we've got too many people to talk about. All, all we love you all. We'll just call Slow them all, twitches. We'll call them all poms. All you poms over there. Okay, you go hard. And uh, we're not going to report on every half in the world. That's what we've put here. You're I sick think. of looking at halves, aren't you? Well, we're, get, we're going to report on a few, but not everything. <laughs> okay, so last week we were, we, were, we were curious about who was on the cover of Inside Try, and we got hundreds of emails on this, and it was Desiree Ficker. Yeah, not Flicker. Not Flicker. And look at this, mate. And who was it? I can't remember who it was, but someone sent me through the big one. And so someone sent me through a big p- picture of it, and uh, which was sensational. And I said, oh, yeah, thank you for that. And John said, where is it? Send it to me. <laughs> so she's not, she, she's, she's fairly scantily clad. I wonder if she's doing right. Well, Go hopefully, because I'm a single chat. man now, so, you know, <laughs> she might be single too. And... So uh, the whole issue, yeah, is called the sex issue. Well, no, no. So interesting comment. So Matthew sent me through an email saying that the, the issue was just absolute crap. Was it? Yeah, he's saying that the, the magazine's trying to turn it. It was like an FHM. And mm. as in, for content for a triathlete who wants to get better and all the rest of it, he just felt it was a real letdown and he feels almost that he wants to stop his prescription from the magazine. And Matthew, maybe you could send Bevan your copy? Well, I think, I think someone else has got yeah. to send me a copy. Very nice. <laughs> we'll check it out and we'll come to our own opinions on that. I've never actually had a good read through Inside Triathlon. Very interesting, though. It's actually, when I was over in Poland, the guys over there had the US uh, Triathlete magazine from a couple of months ago, and they had a very similar, it had Fernanda Keller on the cover and just in a bikini, so uh, maybe they're trying to sort of hit off against well, each other. Well, they say six cells, don't they? Yep. 
What do you think? Oh, I'd probably buy that, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't, because no, that's wrong. Yeah. Um, anyway, drugs and sport, drugs and cycling. So although this is Iron Man talk, we do cover the big issues, and this has been a huge issue, hasn't it? Yeah. For, for people who are really interested in finding out more about what's been going on in the world of cycling over the last couple of weeks, cyclingnews.com is really the place you want to go. It's got daily reports on everything related to cycling, but it's just been fascinating watching things unfold over the last two weeks the Floyd Landis case, if anybody hasn't been following that, it's like a freaking soap opera. Yeah, it really is, isn't it? Uh, Do you think he's done? Do you think he's guilty? Uh, I'm not going to comment oh, on that. We oh, mate. We keep bloody... <laughs> next thing we know, we have his lawyers suing our asses off. <laughs> Don't think we're that big yet. <laughs> but, uh, but really, I mean, the whole case has just been a joke. You know, when they've had this whole thing come up with... Um, Greg LeMond. Yeah. And yeah, what's with that and about, eh? Landis's manager. If you haven't heard this, Landis's manager must have this brain the size of a pea. <laughs> he, he, he tries to black- a shriveled pea. tries to blackmail Greg LeMond, calling from his own mobile phone. And so Greg LeMond calls up the, the telephone exchange and says, where did this call come from? And they trace it straight back to this guy's mobile phone. What an idiot. What an idiot. <laughs> can't believe how something uh, can be so stupid. So that's been one part of the- So what uh, do you do when you blackmail people? Yeah, what you do. <laughs> Go to a payphone. Okay. Um, I remember that. So, so that's one side of the soap opera, and then the other side is obviously the whole telecom affair. Yeah, and it's with, pretty uh, huge, isn't it? With Bjorn Reese coming out saying he's taking drugs, Eric Zabel being in tears, taking drugs, uh, and this is what's got to happen for cycling, I think. It's just everybody's got to come out and say, this is what it's really like, instead of all this crap nonsense going on trying so to pretend. What, like, like, I'm going to bring up a funny one here, but I wonder what Armstrong's thinking right now. Like, I don't know if Armstrong's, I'm not saying he's a drug cheat. I think the guy's an amazing athlete. I really, you just don't know. But if everyone around him is coming out saying... If everyone else is around him saying they're on drugs and he's still so much better than them not being on drugs, you know, I, you listen to, there's a fantastic interview on a, I don't know if I want to promote another podcast. Go on. On, on Competitor Radio. Yeah, with, Competitor Radio is a good with, podcast. With, with Greg LeMond saying how he noticed this massive shift uh, in around about 1990 when he was still at the top of his game and he said automatically in a couple of years with the advent of EPO, the standard just went up just unbelievably and there was no other explanation for it. You know, training techniques hadn't changed that yep. much. And he just said all of a sudden the average speed just went through the roof and uh, he just said that's when drugs really started to take off. So, mm. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very much of the belief that probably around about 90% of um, pro cyclists are, are on drugs, you know, that, do, that are doing oh, the Tour de France. Yeah. Um, and I just hope that this is maybe going to sort of be the catalyst to... To clean things well, up. Well, they need to, something dramatic has to happen, doesn't it? Yeah. Obviously, because and, and this is pretty. This is pretty dramatic. And I don't think anyone doubts it now. It's like if everyone just feels that. Well, it's just a sport now, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of sad, really, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you heard a story of a guy doing a triathlon in a freezer. Yeah, I'd like to know if anybody else heard about this. <laughs> it was actually on radio, the radio sport over here, and I didn't actually hear the full art, uh, full story, but. Some story about a guy doing a swim. Obviously, he couldn't swim in a freezer, but maybe somehow, it was in this pool or something. Something like that, and then he did a like a two hundred kilometer equivalent on a on a trainer in a freezer, and then obviously ran a marathon in a in a freezer as well. So, if anybody else has heard about this and has got anything on the net, uh, we'd be pretty keen to hear about it. Why? Why? That's why I ask. You'd, you'd hope it was for a pretty good cause. Okay, so to, more on a drug front. Tim Don um, a while back got banned for missing three drug tests, and I think he had a three month ban. What, what do we call him? Do we call him a? <laughs> We got a lot of a lot of people didn't like us. We, 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 we were we were laying into him, we and I think rightly so. But he's, so at the time.
And so, because he got the ban, it meant that he wasn't able to race in the Olympics. So uh, he could keep racing. He didn't get a two-year ban. He just said, I think it was a three-month three ban. Three-month at the end of the season. Yeah, yeah. So, nice one. Nice one. <laughs> so, but what they've done is they've actually uh, lifted the Olympic ban, so now he can actually go back to the Olympics. Yes, I mean... And their argument was that on, on the British Triathlon website, I've, I was reading about it today, and they're saying that... Um, the, the procedure was, it was the beginning of the procedure and so they, they yeah. were saying that basically the procedure wasn't really set in place and um, and a lot of athletes didn't really realise the importance of what they were doing and so because he was like the first one they're kind of leading him away this time which seems setting a pretty bad precedent but mm. I mean if they hadn't communicated things properly then they yeah. should it's really their fault and they've really ballsed up by making Tim Don look like a potential drugs cheat yeah totally um, yeah because I think you've got to come. I think what he did is really bad. Yep. Um, but if it was a communication breakdown, you kind of feel a little bit sorry for him. Yep. But I think what they're saying is really good. If you miss three tests, you've got to get throw the book at them. None of these three month ban rubbish. No. It's got to be uh, a proper ban. Nice. Uh, so last week on the show, uh, we we're talking about Luke Van Leer and how someone was commenting on how he's lazy. And Dave, you can say this one. It's uh, Vashurian. Vashurian. Actually, sure. sent us through an email. Now, I think he must know Van Leer or... I think he knows about his coach. So it's a Van Leer. Apparently, he's got a new coach. Yeah. Uh, last year, or well, the last couple of years, we were commenting on why he fell away, and apparently he'd had quite a few injury problems, yeah. uh, which had resulted in that. And last year, he teamed up with a new coach, and last year was very much about building back into it, just sort of more or less finishing races. And then this year, he's really hoping to get some results, and he's started the year in, in good style. Yeah. So, um, well, he's proven himself in the past, hasn't he? Yeah. So if we can get him race fit and... It's just be, it'd be great if we can get lots of contenders at Hawaii. You yeah. know, um, wouldn't it be great going? Obviously, they often come off the bike together. It'd be fantastic, you know, going into the run instead of maybe just being a two or three horse battle, really being a good uh, a, a good battle on the run. Well, it was interesting because on extra they had the twenty questions with Dave. I mean, with Mark, Mark, Allen. Mark Allen. I was reading those and um, check those out. Well, I haven't got a link on our website this week, but just go to extra and check out the twenty questions with Mark Allen. And they, and they say, what are your two, what are your favourite races? And he says. The first race, the first one, 89, and then the last one. And he's just saying that 89 was just such an amazing race because you had someone there all day. And just mm. that competitiveness of it just, you know, just brought out the best in it. And, and, you know, that's one thing our sport doesn't get a lot of, is it? That whole next to racing. Yeah. 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 We, we, you see a bit of it, but like last year, you know, Macca was just sort of Macca versus Norman. Yeah. And the other years, it's sort of been Peter versus maybe Tim DeBoom yeah. or Peter versus one of the Germans. You get five or six guys who are just. Oh, it'd be brilliant. They often start the run together, but it spreads out very quickly. Yeah. It'd be great to go sort of head to head. Pretty big news for ITU getting on uh, the Fox Network in the USA, getting uh, kind of a weekly show. Or, uh... Yeah, so it'd be great for all you guys in the States, you know, get onto Fox TV and. There's not not a lot of t- not a lot of triathlon on sort of mainstream TV. Mm, so mm. Uh, there's a link up there on Inside Triathlon this week. So if you're keen to watch a bit more triathlon races, so I actually saw the one that was in Brazil. Was it? Um, it was on Sky on Friday night. Did you see that? No, I didn't. Oh, it was oh, maybe even Spanish. It was interesting. What do you think of the coverage you do in the air show? Uh, I haven't seen a lot of it because I don't have Sky anymore. Oh, okay. But generally, I, I watch it on the internet, and the ITU site is often outstanding on the net. So I'd imagine they just take that coverage. But it's really good. They follow a lot around on the bike as well. Um, swim's obviously not that interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. But the, run, the running, like you said, is often quite interesting because they are going head-to-head quite a bit. Yep. So what, why, what did you think of it? Oh, I thought it was good. I just, uh, they cut quite a bit. So you go, like, first lap on the bike, and then it's the 12th lap on the bike. And mm. But I suppose... They show the key moments in the race, I suppose, and that was the main thing. But in an hour, you know, you, you've obviously cut half the race out, so, mm. um, but, you know, it looked pretty cool. In this race, they, they finished inside a stadium. Yeah. Yeah, that was quite cool. So nice. it was kind of cool, and they had a big crowd and stuff. Anyway, um, discussion of the week. Last week in our discussion of the week, we had, um, should the 
Ironman be at the Olympics? And we had quite a few punch, good punch, punch in the sky. Punching the air. <laughs> like I won the gold medal. <laughs> and uh, so let's go through it. You can start off with Steve Hill. <laughs> okay. So Steve thinks uh, it should be. He thinks it would be, the field would be fantastic. Every country would have some qualifying standards. Uh, and so he, he's sure the IOC, though, would be afraid of spectators, you know, sticking around for sort of eight to ten hours. Um, so I think he, he thinks it would be a good idea and they'd, they'd be able to find a way to make it work. Rolo, Rolo from Germany, 34 Germany. Um, he thinks it's a really cool idea, but um, you don't want to go how ITUs go. So no drafting. Basically, we're going to keep the rules exactly the same as uh, IMANA is right now and uh, go for 10 plus metres on the bike for drafting. Mm-hmm. You'd have a 10-hour qualifying time for countries with non-kind of good, you know, so you have three men from each country or three people <laughs> from each country. A 24-hour guide yeah. from Nigeria. Totally. <laughs> yeah, but, um, and he just finished the lens already, so uh, he's, yeah, he's last week. Well done. And next up, we had Ed Hawkins, and he said, no, he doesn't think it should be included. Uh, the beauty of Ironman is that normal people can line up on the start line the same as uh, same as the pros. He thinks if it was included in the, the Olympics, uh, this would sort of th- become a thing of the past and, and the whole sport would just sort of take off and it wouldn't be sort of, uh, you know, it move towards an elite sort of sport rather than focusing more on the age group, which is what it does at the moment. Um, T-Rex is saying that basically... Uh, what, is he, what does he say? Practically, I think we know it wouldn't happen due to the commercial nature of Ironman, but that's not really the question. He's saying that it would sit well in the Olympics. Um, he's saying teams like sports like tennis and football don't really ever make it there, but maybe the Olympics would be the point. He's saying that um, the Olympic spirit would, I mean, the Olympic race would go above Kona, which would make sense, wouldn't it? It would. Yeah. Then Kona would then kind of become the second race well, of the year. Yeah, I don't know if it would, but because uh, you know, you look at, say, the Tour de France, and any cyclist still would rather win the Tour de France than winning an Olympic medal. I think the Olympics is still secondary. And I, and do you I, think, do you so, so... Oh, yeah. No, but I don't know. Like, if you're thinking an Ironman, like if you're ITU, the Olympic medal is now the pinnacle, isn't it? Oh, yeah, in, in, in ITU it is. I think it would be the same in Ironman. Uh, see, I don't, because I don't, I don't think with, with, the, with the ITU short course, it was never that pinnacle event. They had the world champs. That was in a different country each year. Yep. With Ironman, I think. So uh, history. Yeah, I, I, who, who knows? Um, okay. Next one was uh, Shawnee B, and he says... Uh, Shawnee the porno. <laughs> Olympics, is, Olympics is very much commercial, and he doesn't really know if Ironman have fit in with that uh, necessarily. You know, the, the TV slot's an eight-hour event, and they've got to put in all the commercials and things like that. Um, so that's really what you want to say. Well, so I, I kind of disagree with you on this one, Porno, because I think that um, <laughs> it's not Sean, that's Porno. Sean, the Porno, <laughs> he's my mate. Uh, and so, but I think that one thing with Olympics, because you often have so many sports happening at once, they chop and change. And, and that's one of the things where, where you could actually watch the whole Ironman race. And that's a big thing that's changing with TV now. It's not just one channel. You know, I know in the UK you've got your digital uh, TV, yep. and so you can choose which events, s- events you yeah. want to watch. So mm. that's definitely a good argument to get around that now. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it was just going to be just one channel of coverage, then I agree with Shauno. Yep. The porno Shauno would the porno. work. Oh, the stories. No. <laughs> um, T, Steve T from the UK. Uh, the Olympics are supposed to be about testing athletes to the limits. Historically, this has been seen in the marathon. But as we know, the real test is an Ironman, so he, he really believes it should be there. Nice. Uh, Scott doesn't think it should be included. Keep them moving to the minimum. Bevan always moves the page when I'm reading it. I get confused. I'm, I'm easily confused. So, sorry. Uh, so his first point was due to how often a person can really compete effectively in Ironman. How would you know? How would you sort of qualify? Uh, and Iron Man, he, he feels point. Iron Man has a sort of spirit, spirit of its own, and, and by possibly going into the Olympics, this might be diluted a little bit. 
Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Uh, Matthew, absolutely not. The last thing we need is the IOC and our sport. Haven't they already ruined ITU with the drafting and shortening the long course worlds? No, 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 period. Mm. I mean, I, I think the ITU gets a bit of a hard rap. The, they have stuffed things up. And they've very much been run by a dictator in Les McDonald's. But that, that's Back it up. I didn't say that, Les. We're like that, mate. We're like that. <laughs> but you look at that, and in a lot of sports, there's always been one very strong person at the head of it. You know, you look at the IOC, and they had Samaranch. You look at the football, they've got Sepp Blatter. You look at... Uh, uh, Just be careful here, mate. Just for, be careful. For, Formula One, we're going to get sued anyway. You bloody hassling Aunt Lance Armstrong and Floyd Landis. Um, and in, in Formula One, you've got Bernie Eccleston. But I think a lot of people feel that oh, ITU have gone and put drafting on the sport. And the fact of the matter is, unless you've got an incredibly hard bike course, you cannot run a World Cup standard race without, as without drafting. drafting. It yeah. just it's not possible. No, it, no, it's, it's no. impossible. People can, not over a forty k race. Yeah, you yeah. know the whole field practically comes out within thirty to thirty seconds to sixty seconds, and then you've got you know up to eighty guys trying to go on one road. It yeah. has to be drafting. So I think we can slag ITU off about other things, but the fact that they introduced drafting, I don't think we could. It was just inevitable. The last time they held, held the world champs with a non-drafting race was actually in New Zealand in nineteen ninety-four. Uh, and on that day, Spencer Smith did actually ride away from the pack, uh, and he ended up winning the race. But the, the, the race for second place it was basically about 25 guys all coming off the bike together. So it was essentially drafting anyway, uh, okay. and you just can't avoid, avoid it. So. Okay, you got this big one. Okay, I haven't read this one yet. Uh, who, who was it from? From Nikolai. Uh, he thinks it would bring more sponsorship to the sport. Yeah, which would benefit the pros. And he, and he really thinks it would force ITU and Ironman to work together, which would hopefully bring some uh, some positive results as well, which is working on the drafting and the drug issues as well. Nice. Ray, I'll get, I seem to get these ones this week. Mm. Ray says no. Okay. okay thanks, 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 Ray. Thanks, Ray. <laughs> and then Beck, uh, I think it would be fantastic. It would be so exciting. Just imagine only three competitors from each country going head-to-head. It would be interesting. Yeah, yeah and Rich is... Uh, uh, he, he agrees with Matthew about the ITU getting involved. Added a complication here in the UK, an organisation currently known as British Triathlon. They cocked up the triathlon team selection for the Athens Olympics and only reluctantly recognised the existence of long-distance races, <laughs> never mind supporting elite triathletes who compete in them. Mm. So, so he's really saying no. Yeah. Okay, so as an athlete, would that make the sport more appealing? Uh, like if you listen to someone like, um, who was it we interviewed, Andy Potts? Yeah. You know, like, I think for the elite end, obviously it would because it's only going to be applying for elites. Uh, I don't, realistically, I don't think it's going to hap- ever going to happen. Or maybe long, long way down the future, but I can't see it happening. And I really don't think it should happen at this stage. I don't think there's a. I don't think it's a competitive enough sport yet. I think we've got a pretty soft sport in terms of uh, actually getting in. Yeah, you know, yeah. if Bevan and I can sit here and we you know work and stuff, yeah. we, we can rock up to an Ironman and finish in a top ten. I don't really feel that the sport is competitive enough yet. Yeah. At an Olympic distance standard, if we tried to rock up to an ITU race, oh, we'd we probably win. <laughs> yeah, we'd probably win, but we'd probably need a two-hour head start. <laughs> uh, so I really don't think the sport's competitive enough yet. So maybe further down the track it will be uh, on the plus side you know it would bring more money to the sport and it would bring more pros into it looking for the Olympic dream I think it would lift the profile would lift prize money so I think it would have a positive so, so yes or no so I'm um, no I don't think it should be no, no I don't think it should be either but I think if it was there would be some really cool. really positive yeah, results yeah, definitely. Uh, 
that said, I think they should have another event in the Olympics, being like an individual time trial, something around about Olympic distance. Um, oh, you distance. think? That, oh, okay. I really think they should have an individual time trial, or even shorter than Olympic distance, like a sprint. Yeah, something which is going to be yep. individual nice. time trial against the clock. I wonder if they'll be able to do that if they have the power to pull that. They're really struggling to get more sports in the Olympics. They're trying to reduce the number of sports rather mm. than trying. But triathlon has been popular. Yeah, well, well that's in New, well, Zeal- in New, New Zealand. Zealand yeah. It has. Yeah. Um, so anyway, John sent me through the discussion for this week, and I've vetoed him again because John, it's a big, big moment in John's life coming up pretty soon. Now having a kid, and well, any time now, isn't it? Any time. If now. we get a phone call on the show day and it suddenly stops, we know where John's going. Getting those <laughs> goggles and the speedos, and away. Everyone loved the speedo story, didn't they? So, so, uh, so this week I thought what we could do is because John, you haven't come up with a name for your kid yet, have you? We've got a, we've got, we've got a bit brick. of a, we've got we've, <laughs> brick, and if it's a girl, brickette, brickette. So, um, but we've got a short list. We've got a short list. But I thought the Iron Man Talk community that we are is that you can come up with a name for John's kid. Now I want a female because you don't know you do you know what you're having? No, we don't know what we're having. Don't know what they're having, so it's a big surprise on race day. And uh so we want a female name and a boy name. I personally Bevan James sounds pretty good. Yeah, I can't <laughs> see that happening. <laughs> Interesting you should say it's it's race day because I have been trying to convince Belinda that that giving birth is like an Iron Man. <laughs> Duh. It doesn't, for some reason, it doesn't seem to be going down that well. So what's, what's the theory behind that? Well, you, you start the water breaks, so it's a swim. Yep. <laughs> but also the you know, the water breaks and everything, it's a bit of a panic. So it's a bit like the start of the race. You go, what the hell? Oh, what am get I on the bike, you got to push? You go, no, no. Get on the bike, you're just controlling it. It's, the contractions are quite a long way apart, so you're just sort of yep. keeping it nice and cool. You're getting on the run, things are getting a bit more difficult. So then you start to push. You've got, and you've got to focus a bit. And then the second half, that's when you've really got to start to push concentrate break break your goals down into little short periods and really push focus on your breathing yeah and and you've got as you get closer to the finish you've got to push harder and harder (laughs) no pulling back and uh, so it it doesn't seem to be going down that well but um, yeah I think you should go off that path to be honest so anyway so that's an interesting one so yeah, we want to see names for John's kids. If you mm. pick the name, if you do pick the name, which someone might do. We asked, we have got a few favourites at the moment, but we certainly haven't decided on anything. Yeah, so, so if you pick the name, I'll tell you what, we'll give you a prize. I don't know what it'll be, but we'll think of a prize. Mm. If, there's any too, if there's one too many jerseys, maybe we'll give you a jersey. <laughs> um, so anyway, that's uh, news. It's a long news and discussion, isn't it? It is. Anyway, here we go. So, while you're away, now, one thing about when John was away... Linda could be the age group of the week. She she? could, she could too, that's right. (laughs) Oh, mate. Oh, this is beautiful. But while you're away, we've actually got lots of... When you're away, we had like 400 emails, didn't we? Yeah. And uh, so a lot of people sent through emails, and we may not get onto them. So if you got a question that was really, really important um, when John was away, maybe you want to send it through again. But anyway, while away, um, Anders Christofferson sent us through an email about his father. Now, (coughs) excuse me... um, his father, Randy Christopherson, he thinks his, his father deserves it for a few reasons. Here's a little background on him. He's been a, in triathlon for eight seasons, done eight half Ironmen and three full Ironmen. So he's a, he's a hardcore triathlete. He's always been very good and placed well at an age group, but he'd never really thought about going for a win or going to Hawaii or etc. This winter we talked about it and he fully committed himself to getting into Hawaii. He brought a new bike and lots of weight, put on, lost lots of weight, and more importantly, got hooked up with a coach for the first time, which... Wasn't me. <laughs> no, but it was obviously very important. Yeah. Um, the work he had put in since the beginning of the year was incredible, really inspiring. I'm not nominating him because of his racy head and the white 
Lake Half Ironman in North Carolina. His race was an important one because it was a test of all the work he put in and also because of his competition. Four people in his age group had currently done better than, well, done better than he had in the past. More importantly, one person in his age group had already qualified for Ironman Hawaii in Florida for the past three years to dare to be racing against him. He only had one slot for his age group, and his old man took it out. He won the age group, finished on time of 4.43. Uh, where old is he? Doesn't actually have his age. So I'm a three thirty-five, a two twenty-five, and ran a one thirty-eight. I uh, won his age group by more than seven minutes. Uh, first age group in a long course. Took it out. Blah, blah. So he's going to Hawaii. So that's his. Uh, nice one. Yeah, and qualified in Hawaii. Was it a, at a uh, must be seventy point three? Was it? Yeah, it must be. Very maybe nice. maybe it wasn't. Personally, I think this is an incredible example of how hard work really does pay off. He absolutely dedicated himself to winning his age group at Ironman Florida and his performance is good. Oh no, so he's going to try qualify in Florida. Yeah. But it's a good indication that he's on the right track. He also nipped two minutes and put it, he beat his son by two minutes. Nice. There's always that rivalry, that father really and son. That's, like, you know what? There's a couple of guys I know who are decent Ironman, always go to the race every year and they kind of get around the same time. And you know what? I sometimes feel like saying to them, look, mate, just have this, this time, commit a bit higher, mm. do, do the things you know you need to do, and because you, you, they're kind of so close to qualifying that you'll get there. And uh, what was his name? Randy showed an example of doing that, eh? So, nice work, Randy. Randy, you're a bloody legend. You are our age grouper of the week. Website of the week. Someone sent us this one through. I don't know who it was. I think no. it was Neil. No, I don't think it was Neil. Or it could have been the other Neil. I, yeah. can't, I can't remember. Anyway, it's, it's a bit of an interesting one for all you pommies. Uh, it's basically, welcome to the UK home of the 10 toughest triathlons 2007. So it's really just, uh, you can register up for this, and you can, you, how many races have you got to do? To be in Ten. the running for this title, you need oh. to register by contacting uh, the guy on the email address, and you need to complete a minimum of four of the races. If you manage more than four races in a year, your best results will be taken. And so it's basically trying to crown whoever goes and does all the tough races in the UK. So so this weekend, we've uh, got the Bala Middle Distance Triathlon yep. up there in uh, Cumbria. Cumbria. And then we've got Great the Cle- Cleveland Steelman, the Wakefield Triathlon, uh, the Big Woody. <laughs> Big Woody. <laughs> a few other ones. The Big Triathlon on the 29th of September. Now, that's a full distance one, isn't it? I think it is. Yeah. So, you know, just reg- if you're going to be doing a few of these events, get in there, register away, and you can be crowned the toughest triathlete in the like UK. That's it. cool. Yeah. Mm. It's good. Cool. Very nice. good. So we'll uh, have a link up on the show. So you guys racing in the UK, get on there and uh, register away. Okay. Next up, we're just going to go straight into it. Product, Product Review Center. So we've very happily received yep, uh, some pretty flash glasses. A couple of pairs of Oakley glasses, and the guy that sent them in was actually part of Transitions Optical. Um, some of you may have heard of Transitions Optical, some of you may not have, uh, but they basically make lenses for sunglasses uh, for, for glasses, and generally they've in the past have really stuck to prescription lenses. Yep. And what happens with these lenses is you can wear them inside. And you can wear them outside, and they kind of turn into sunglasses, so the tint changes depending on how much light there is. Mm. Uh, so they've been doing this for a long time and really working with opt- opt- opticians and, and putting these lenses into, into different sorts of frames. And then sort of uh, about a year ago, Oakley approached them about perhaps incorporating them into the Oakley lenses, uh, into the Oakley sunglasses. So they've kind of teamed up, and so now you can get Oakley glasses um, 
sort of with act- activated with transitions lenses. So really, really good for guys, especially that have, have prescription glasses. Uh, I've actually got a pair of prescription Oakleys uh, that I've sort of used in the past, and I found them to be really, really good. But they've just got the standard lens in them. So I quite like the idea of this where, where the, the tint changes on different conditions. Yep. So they've sent over a few pairs, and we've been trying them out. Um, if you are interested in, in finding out a bit more, if you go on to transitions.com, we'll have a link onto the site. Uh, they come in a couple of different tints, um, and they do have a prescription version, and they also have a non-prescription version, which we've been sent. They've got three different tints, I think. Three different yeah, tints, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. you can go for darker or lighter and, and different colours. Uh, and so you can also go th- just go through the Oakley site, or you can just talk to your your local optician, and they should be able to find out about it. But go to transitions.com, and you can find out more. What's also really interesting is they're actually... Sp- to sort of promote it, they're actually sponsoring a whole bunch of opticians to go and do the Monaco Half Ironman, which I think is fantastic. Yeah, idea. totally. Yeah. And so they've got these. I've got. Uh, I think it's about six or eight opticians from around Europe. Set them all up with a coach. Peter Reed. Peter Reed. They've, yeah. got, they've got a different coach for sort of different countries, yep. and they're all going to go down there and do the Monaco Half. They've had a little training camp, and uh, really making sure that, that these guys are sort of spreading the word about it. And I think it's a fantastic concept that they're obviously trying to market things, but they're also doing something that's really cool for the sport. So, yeah, so Roland, the guy who's actually promoting, who's been dealing with us, he uh, sent me through photos of their training camp with Peter Reed. Somebody got married on the camp. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, that was sensational. I was impressed with that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but what do you think of the glasses? Well, I, I mean, obviously you guys are probably going to think we're just going to rave on about them because we've yep. been sent free glasses, but I have actually been trying the last few weeks, and I have actually found them really good because... Often when, you know, sort of especially this time of the year, for us, um, we can get nice sunshine, but the sun goes down pretty early, and I never know what sort of glasses to wear. I've got a pair, another pair of glasses that have got, a, you know, an orange lens in it and then a darker lens, and so if you wear the orange lens, it's great for on cloudy days, and then if sun comes out, it's not so good, yeah. and, and sort of vice versa. So especially on Saturday, I went and did a bike race, and uh, it was really sunny, and they seemed to work really well, and then when I got home and it was quite a bit in the shade, it still seemed to be giving me a really good, uh, really good tint, and when I took the glasses off, it actually felt quite dark. Mm, mm, yeah. Um, so I've actually found them to be really good. What about yourself? Well, I like them because they're cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, totally. I think they're really cool. And uh, I do, yeah, I totally agree, because I, I got up the other morning and went for a big run, and I chucked them on, and uh, it was dark, darker when I left. But you often don't wear glasses. When well, I've started train. wearing them. I yeah. wear them now, yeah. And uh, I really like them. I think they're great. And, and and I just think you know wearing glasses. I, I can't train without. I, I can run without glasses, but I really can't go on my bike without glasses anymore. Just sort of flies and all that sort of rubbish and getting grit in your eyes. So, if you are looking in the market to get a new pair of glasses, especially if you're looking to get prescription lenses, um, do check these out. Uh, it's a, just a really good option. Transitions.com. And thank you very very much to Roland for sending us in some glasses. We do appreciate them, and we're going to be wearing them proudly. I'll tell you what, well, next week, because I've already done the website for this week, next week we'll take a photo of ourselves with our cool glasses Ooh, on. Yeah, we'll be like the men in black. That's right. We can wear our black coffees of Hawaii t-shirts. That's right, we'll do that. We can wear our glasses. Nice. Oh, yeah. And so if, if any of the opticians that are going down to Monaco are listening to the show, good luck. Have a great time. When is that? Monaco, sort of middle, it's, it's later on. Melinda's going to do it, isn't he? I think he might be. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's talking to doing it. Well, there you go. So uh, Very yeah. good. Thanks again, Roland. Yep, thank you very much. Um, what's up next on the show? What's up next on the show? Oh, okay, we'll do. Okay, so we're very happy to have the power stuck in between us. Stuck in between, should we do a sandwich? <laughs> we're doing a sandwich job here with him. So I've got, got a podcast sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got Emily Miazga back in the uh, the 
the very plush podcast studios, Iron Man Talk Studios. Yep. It was uh, a highlight of your life, isn't it? It is, yeah. for, for all of us, for Em included, we know. <laughs> I only look forward to these. It's what I live for, guys. That's right. Uh, she's well. a special trip all the way from the West Coast. She's biked over here. She's turned up yep. in her cycling gear. How cool. 240K. <laughs> she left at 1 o'clock this morning. <laughs> <laughs> but today's issue we're going to talk about with Em is uh, sort of talking about the glycemic index. It's been a bit of a hot topic over the last, I don't know, maybe four or five years. You see GI this, GI that. You go to the shops and you see low GI, high GI. Isn't it beach, North Beach whatever it was there. Oh, there was a, uh, a diet, like a fad diet called Sugar Busters that yeah. was really big on, on the old GI thing. And, and it's really funny because a lot of the information that was contained in that diet wasn't even scientifically founded. And yeah. they, oh, I just couldn't believe it. Makes it. my heart. Bevan, just remember when we're talking GI, it's nothing to do with like GI Joe or anything oh, like man. that, okay? Did you like GI Joe when you were a kid? It's not glycemic <laughs> That's index, Joe. That's masters of the universe anyway. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And see, in our dietetics training back in, in Canada and the States, whenever, you t- whenever we talked about GI, it always meant gastrointestinal. So if someone had GI problems, it was always about, you know. Okay, so back it up. What is it? Glycemic index, or GI, is the measure of a person, or of a carbohydrate-containing food's um, effect on, on blood sugar. So any food that has carbohydrate in it has a GI, whatever it may be. And what they do in order to test it, in order to figure it out, they actually have people, um, subjects, um, eating like a certain amount of, of the food. And it's usually a, um, uh, what is it, a 100 gram reference of carbohydrate of that food. Yep. Or sorry, 50 gram reference of carbohydrate of that food. Because when I had my power cookies glycemic index tested, in mm. order to get 50 grams of carb from the cookies, they had to eat an 84 gram cookie portion to get the 50 grams of carb and so the subjects have to eat that amount of carbohydrate they measure their blood sugar levels and then they do it in comparison to taking on 50 grams of pure glucose and it's usually in a glucose solution so then what they do is they compare the subjects blood sugar responses after eating the reference food, the glucose, in comparison yeah. to the test food, which, you know, with yeah. my experience, it's M's power cookie. So what they have to do is go through and, and test every food that's out there in this manner. And so oh, wow. it's a real tedious and kind of involved yeah. process. And, and they have to, um, when they do the, once you eat the, um, the test food and have your blood sugars tested after consuming it, they have to do it, they do it within 15 minutes and then 30 minutes, 60 minutes, 90 minutes, 120 minutes. So the person has to actually sit there and not do much for this two hour oh. period while oh. they're testing their blood sugars after. So when, when, you, when you're looking at other foods and you sort of, you know, you look at the labels and you're figuring out your fats and your, your different sorts yeah. of what everything that, that's normally like quite scientific isn't it you can sort of yeah. just break the food down put it like in a centrifuge yeah. type thing but it's obviously well, quite different when you're doing glycemic well, index yeah glycemic index is a little bit of a different entity and so this is where we kind of run into some problems because the general public sometimes have a misunderstanding with how glycemic index works is because the deal is the foods that are high in GI meaning they have um, a level and, and the, the scales out of 100 so if mm. the level is 70 or greater that's considered a high GI food, whereas the foods between 55 and 70 are considered moderate GI, and anything measured below 55 is considered low GI. So what they've done is they've, um, and a lot of these studies have come out of um, the University of Sydney. Jenny Brand Miller is one of the primary researchers there. And what they found is that 
um, eating a diet with low glycemic index foods can help to control weight, it can help to control blood sugar in people with diabetes, and it can also help to stave off the onset of cardiovascular disease. So there are a lot of health benefits to eating low GI foods. However, what happens is the media gets a hold of this information and makes gross generalizations Always about it. Always media. Damn media! Media! Unlike here at the podcast well, studios, where media. we only deliver the truth. <laughs> <laughs> we're about to, uh, if you have had didn't know that today may be the last podcast we ever do because we're probably going to get sued. <laughs> we're probably going to get sued because we were calling all cyclists drug cheats before. Yeah, that's right. Oh, you guys. <laughs> well, we based it on facts. So, Controversy. So, oh. hey, so, um, so just quickly before we move into the main questions, what's a low GI food? And give okay. us some examples of okay, each. Okay, great. Yeah. Low GI foods typically are most of your fruits and vegetables. And now with fruits, this is your um, fruits that are grown in colder climates. So sort of your citrus fruits and fruits with... Um, uh, pits or seeds in them, yeah. mm-hmm. whereas your tropical fruits, fruits are gen- like bananas and um, pineapples and things like that are moderate GI. So, so typically most fruit and fruit juice, including apple juice, orange juice, is low GI. Pretty much all vegetables are low GI. Starchy vegetables, there's different variances amongst the types Potato, of potatoes. Depends on the type of potato. Mm-hmm. Some are low, some are medium, some are high. Complicated. Yeah, it is really complicated. Baked beans are low GI. Multigrain bread that has lots of little bits and pieces in it is low GI. So typically, you know, and it just kind of comes back to the food guide pyramid recommendations. We, and dietitians were always saying, you know, eat your fibrous foods and your wholesome mm-hmm. sources of carbohydrates like your whole grains, fruits, and vegetables because chances are they're going to be low in their glycemic index. Moderate, so those foods have yeah. a GI below 55. Yeah. And what, power, what power cookies? Power cookies are at 50, so they 50. are low GI. We yeah. like that. <laughs> so they're actually a good thing to have before training. Mm-hmm. Now, your moderate GI foods, um, different types of rices are moderate GI. Oh, by the way, long grain rice and pasta are low GI, which is contrary to a lot of fad diets that said white yeah, pasta yeah. and white rice is mm. evil, you know. Yeah. So, But really, they were totally wrong. They're actually really good sports foods in that they're good. low GI for sustaining your energy releases. So moderate GI, you've got um, different types of breads, um, sort of your more mealy kind of potatoes or bigger potatoes. Um, more processed breads uh, are in the moderate category as well as... Did I mention? I already mentioned the tropical fruits. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. So different sort of things like that are in the moderate category, and then the high GI foods are going to be your like glucose things, your like foods. your sugary yeah. foods, like your jelly beans and all that. But having said that, sucrose, which is actual table sugar, mm. is actually moderate GI. That's Isn't this really interesting? Trick, trick for young kids out there. Yes. So wait a second, just, just before we do <laughs> So low GI basically means it takes longer for your body to process it. Yeah, it, ter- and, and it, it takes yeah. it longer to turn into blood sugar, so you have a more sustained energy release. Yeah. And high GI gives you, it, yes, it causes a, a higher stimulation of your insulin response, a higher blood sugar response, and so there's certain applications for high GI foods. Okay, so then way. now we can go to the main question. Go yes. ahead, So in a, in, a, in a training and racing situation, if you're looking at your sort of pre-race meal, mm. um, and even the day, maybe, no, no, we'll just focus on, say, the morning of the race. Yeah. Should people really be focusing it on low GI, medium GI, high yep. GI, and yep. sort of what, what, what are the reasons? Yeah, I would suggest um, getting in some low to moderate GI foods. If you really go sort of like with real low GI stuff and, and focus on like the high fiber cereals and stuff, you might have some other GI issues pertaining to the gastrointestinal problems. Yeah. So, you know, you, you have to have, that. yeah, you don't want that. So that's where, you know, we've talked about in other podcasts what kinds of foods 
foods to have there. So don't go for the super high fiber foods, but that, that's where having a bit of balance between some yeah. low to moderate GI foods um, is, is the ideal thing for a pre-race breakfast. Okay, and then we go to race? And then it's all going to be high, yeah. isn't it? From there, isn't it? Yeah, most of your sports foods are actually high GI. Most of your sports but drinks... But we want that, don't we? Because yeah. we want to get in. Yeah, you, yeah, and while you're taking it on board during the actual training or racing session, you want it to be getting into your you know, into your cells as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. Having said that, it's I kind of like to balance it up with some lower GI foods, and that's where having like sports bars or power cookies or something, or like, you know, in multi-sport, you know, you see people busting up pizzas and transitions yeah. and yeah. stuff like that, yeah. which would be low GI. Um in and that's to kind of give you that sustenance to give you something yeah. that's going to last a bit longer so that's where an iron man it might be nice to have some foods that give you a little bit more bang for your buck so yeah okay so then so what about you finish your race yeah or, you, or you wait, season no session yeah you finish your session yep um what kind of things should you what, what do we think about with yeah. GI? Go. that's where you want to have your high gi foods and so oh, okay. yeah so yeah to recover processed cereals are great cornflakes rice bubbles that kind of stuff get them in I you like know cereals <laughs> put some jelly beans in there <laughs> Cocoa Pops. Oh, that's a sugar, isn't it? it? Yeah, Cocoa Pops would be high. Yeah, yeah that would be really good. So, and but, but getting is, a source of protein as well is important too. So, Are you sort of looking for something that's just high GI or are you looking for a combination of GI well, and carbs? Or that's how a, does that sort of work in? That's a really good question, John. John, you need to know what's Pats himself on the back. Yeah, there we go. Um, <laughs> Yes, you uh, you ideally want to just have the high GI foods, but in order to also get in a bit of protein, that's going to do something which affects mm -hmm. the glycemic load, which means the whole sort of glycemic measure of that meal is going to be lowered because protein and fat lower the GI of certain foods, okay. or well, of all foods actually. So, for example, if you have a bowl of cereal, like a high GI cereal, like rice bubbles or cocoa puffs, if you're Bevan, yeah. And you pour some. So the the milk will actually lower the the the, G, the glycemic load of that intake because yeah. milk and yogurt are low GI. Okay. So it's kind of like well, catch twenty two. How do you mm. get it in? Well, I the other day I tried something which actually is kind of gross. I had. Um, <laughs> we don't I, want to know about that. We're talking about food right now. <laughs> no, it was, then I get your mind out of the gutter. No, it was. Um, I just had a bottle of sports drink and I and I piled in a bunch of skim milk powder just to get in some extra carb and protein and it yeah. was like this cement kind of mixture thing. It brought back memories of college and, and uni. Did you guys go on like the the boozing and, and have the cement mixers? Mm, no, we didn't do that. We're athletes. Yeah. I was training. <laughs> oh, come on. Yeah, right. No, so anyway, it's it's hard to get it in, and that's where it comes down to the most important aspect with sports nutrition is the timing and the amount of carbohydrate. So after you're finished training and racing, getting in that carbohydrate you know, meal straight away after training within that 30-minute window to take advantage of that metabolic opportunity and making sure that you're getting in enough carbohydrate. And so if you can kind of cover those two bases, that's the most important thing. And then if you can get in, you know, make a real conscious effort to get in the high GI carbs, then, mm. you know, you can certainly incorporate that into um, your post-training or racing regimen. And, and that's just going to be the icing on the cake, which is, um, you know, the ideal situation. So mm, it's a bit of a balancing act, really. Mm -hmm. And if we sort of get in a situation when we're out training and uh, we're pretty much bonking, blowing up, yeah. What's sort of the best strategy to go for there? You want the high GI concentrated stuff, so the jelly beans. Yeah. yeah mm. just <laughs> but, but at the in. same time, yeah. are we just looking for sugar or are we looking for carbs as well, sort of to try and get us through yeah. the rest of the workout? 
Yeah, but that's good. That, that sugar is going to have carbon, which yeah. will help to contribute to that. But when you do bonk, it's I don't know about you guys, but it, you feel kind yeah, of crap it? after. Yeah. It, and it's it is hard to recover. So what I would suggest doing is getting in something, you know, a handful of jelly beans or have um uh, a gel like most of those energy gels What's are high. GI on potato chips, do you know? It'd be low. No. Well, actually, low to moderate because the potato chi- the <laughs> potatoes themselves. Potato chips. I know that's okay. The, um, <laughs> what's going to happen there is the fat content is going to lower that glycemic mm. index. So, And that's where people have to be really careful because you get people who go, oh, I'm going to go on the low GI diet like, you know, for sort of health reasons or for weight loss. And, and then they look in the, you know, in the supermarkets and you'll see Nutella, which, granted, I love Nutella. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and it does have healthy fat from the hazelnuts and, and whatnot. But it's basically, you know, it's sugar, a bit of skim milk powder and ground up nuts. It's sugar and fat. Yeah. But it's low GI, so it kind of gets that, yeah, yeah. that healthy brand yeah. because of it. And yeah. they really take advantage of that marketing opportunity. So that's where people have to be kind of careful. So mm. anyway. Okay, so um, what are some good books to maybe read? Do you know of any good books on GI? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, actually, the, um, uh, going through the University of Sydney, they, because they are sort of the heads of the research, they've got some really good information. They've come up with a book that Jenny Brand Miller and one of her uh, colleagues uh, um, wrote, and I think, it's called, I think it's called The Low GI Diet, which gives a lot of really good information about GI, although you have to t- kind of take it with a grain of salt because it is oriented sort of more towards the weight loss and right, yeah. general population. Having, But it does have really good general information about GI as well as pretty comprehensive food lists. Mm. And I think, okay. I'm pretty sure that's available on Amazon. Um, but yeah, I would I would probably approach the University of Sydney and they've got a great website. You can just jump online and And I think if, you look, if you're wondering what foods are high GI, low GI, it's pretty easy to find stuff on the net isn't it yeah just do a quick search you'll be able to find a good index of of foods absolutely and actually i think here in new zealand you've got the crop and food website which has a database that you can you can look stuff up as well as the new zealand um food safety authority their website i think Mm -hmm. has has Mm -hmm. that information yeah Yeah, that would be from new zealand crop and food and that's an excellent reference to have or even when i personally trained i just had a little handbook that was um like it was a real small little book but here are the gis and i got it from wickles for like 10 bucks yeah Mm -hmm. and it was really good for yeah yeah and it's and it's really good and it's a fun little thing you know it's not the be all and the end end all but just remember the most important thing is getting in that carbohydrate before during and after training as recommended Mm. and don't try anything new on race morning so we're talking about you know sort of low to moderate gi things you got to practice it and then you can go and do it on iron man day nice nice so comments on gi before we move Mm. no i think yeah that was really good guys gi joe (laughs) <laughs> I, I wasn't into G.I. Joan. Uh, no. Bevan was into G.I. Jane. G.I. No, I wasn't. I was into Masters <laughs> of the Universe. Yeah, Skeletor. Oh, so, so if people uh, want to get themselves some low G.I. power cookies, they go to powercookies.com. That's right. And if you're ordering, can you? Ha- what sort of sizes? I, I always buy by the box full. 20, yeah. Is it 24? Yeah, it's 25 in a box, but I'm actually going to be changing my packaging. Lots happening in the world of M's mm, power cookies. Nice. It's very yeah. exciting. Can't let out too much. But I'll be putting them in different kinds of boxes, so they're actually... I think will be about a dozen cookies in a box. Nice. Yeah, so it'll be really good. And one thing I'd like to say is I would just like to thank all the listeners 
of ironmantalk.com because I've gotten some really cool emails oh, and cool. feedbacks from people saying, hey, we love you on it. You know, that cool. just, it makes my day, you guys. Thank you. Good. We love you too. And what's going to make your day even better yep. is for all you Kiwis to go on there and order a box of cookies. Yeah, man. I can vouch for them. Oh, I can vouch for oh, them. I'll tell you. Yeah. Oh, I've got to get the overseas thing sorted, yeah. hey? John yeah. was in Poland, emails me, can you send over 10 boxes of cookies? I tell you, I took over a box. There's 20, 25 in a box these things were gone within two days and there was only six athletes oh. here the guys were just powering them going my goodness where, where, where are these coming from what are these what <laughs> was the same on Epic Camp how many boxes did you take we to Epic Camp we took about 14 boxes honestly man I was just, I, you know, trying to sneak them in the morning everyone was all of a sudden you'd get to like day seven and all the power cookies would be gone and somebody would pull oh, out a power yeah. cookie <laughs> Oh, where did it come from? So, uh, oh, that's just awesome, you guys. That's so cool. One other thing we've actually on our website, it actually does uh, sports nutrition for athletes uh, as a consultant. Yeah. And uh, on our website, we've actually put a big link up there. It's really obvious. So you guys, if you want to actually look at your nutrition for your races or mm. just anything else, or you can obviously talk yeah, about it more. Yeah, no, that would be awesome. Um, I've already done a few people, and it's mm. it's worked out pretty well. You know, I'm, it's still a relatively new thing with doing it online. I, I, I definitely like getting together with people better and doing it one-on-one, yep. you know, face-to-face. But doing the online well, thing I noticed you're always on Skype. <laughs> it's whenever I'm signed on. Oh, okay. You spying on me? No, because I always have mine invisible, so oh. people can't talk to me. But see, maybe I should do that to mine because yeah. Yeah, whenever I turn yeah. on my computer from around, yeah, yeah, it goes on automatically. And so, so. powercookies.com to order your cookies, and there's also a link on there if you want to get a nutritional consultation as well. Yeah, yes. man. Bring it on. It's all good. Bring on the cookies. And that's it for him today. She's coming around to my place for dinner. Oh, nice. yeah. F- I can't fish pie wait. for dinner. Fish, fish pie, pie. Mm. yummy. What's the glycemic on that, mate? Sorry? What's the GI on that? It's, I don't know. It's got potatoes. <laughs> so that's uh, low. low to sometimes low moderate, to me, depending yeah. on what type of potato it is. Fish. Protein. Fish was protein, so it doesn't have a GI. So it doesn't have but GI. it'll lower the, the glycemic load of the meal. So it'll probably be a low to moderate thing, and it depends how much fat's in it as well. Okay, yeah. just a random question. Does it matter at night what you eat? Does it matter at night? Well, it, obviously you always want to try to eat, you know, healthy foods for the, you know, yeah. majority of the time. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. Um, I won't make any more comments about <laughs> your do. own personal intake, Bevan. But, but yes, good healthy. Get in that pasta, veggies, a good source of protein, you know. Nice. A little treat, a little dark chocolate. Cool. Just a little bit of dark chocolate. Just a little bit of dark Moderation. chocolate. So thank you very much for coming on the show again. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. Anyway, it's nice to do it live rather than over the old Skype. Yeah, yeah that sucked. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I miss the live studio. It's so there much better. So it's, it's, a, it's an experience. I feel at home. And, and, yeah. and we'll be back sometime later in the year. All right. See you. Bye, guys. The show was going to be ultra, ultra long after doing that, and so we're kind of going to flare questions and answers this week, but there was one that I've kind of already done the website for, so I'm going to have to just quickly talk about this, but Steve Hall came off his bike last week, and he hit the pavement doing about 27 miles an hour, and he's got some pretty serious road rash. Mm. Now, he found a link to a place called arniebakercycling.com, and uh, I'll put the link on our website, so go Talk. And it just gave you some ideas on how to actually avoid or how to look after grazers. When oh, you, cool. Yeah, but the amazing thing was, um, go, if, you, if you find this or you know people who come off their bike, go to their website because I'll tell you what, he sent us through photos of himself when he came off the bike and it's, there's some pretty decent grazing on him. Mm. And then, actually, is it up? I think I should put it up. And then he sent us one a week later and it's like he's, like, it's just gone. He's like, like a new man. 
it's unbelievable, that, isn't it? It's, it's nice seeing naked naked <laughs> men on our uh, on our website, Bevan. <laughs> we have got naked. So it's another reason to go to our website out there for the lady listeners out there. Steve's looking sensational. But <laughs> honestly, the photos, the next week, it's got no scabbing, and it's within a week. Yeah. But no impressive. scabbing at all. That's incredible. That is incredible. Yeah. So um, I'll put that link on the website because I th- really think that is. And he also likes Mizuno shoe, which you must be happy with. I'm very happy with Mizuno is the way to go. Yeah. And uh, have you been crashes? Uh, I have had a fair few in my time. Uh, no, nothing I'm too major. I've nothing broke, major. broken a finger. I've had a. I tell you, my worst crash was actually in a team time trial at school. You know, four of us lined up, guy in second place, clipped the front guy's wheel, oh, no. and just going like 50k an hour, just boom, all over the top. Oh, no. It wasn't pretty. Okay, you know his question? His question was, uh, a few weeks ago we were talking with Albert, and he was talking about the Newsome Brickettes. Oh, that's right. That's why you want to name the kid Brick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, he just wanted to, me to elaborate quickly on that. So the, the sort of the protocol I think Albert was working off is we do a hill rep over here called a Mount Pleasant hill rep, yep. where we bike up a, a, a hill for about... 15 minutes and the gradient on that would probably be 6 to 7 maybe up to 8% and then after that we run to the top of the hill so it's basically a 15 minute running hill climb and then a 7 minute run uh, seven minute, 15 minute Bevan's left the room I'm by myself it's a 15 minute hill climb on the bike you dump your bike and then it's a 7 minute hill climb to the top on the run and then you turn around and you do it again and I generally do those three times so that's pretty much the show for this week so uh, we go to our traditional spot in the show where we say welcome to Coffees of Hawaii the world of Coffees of Hawaii and there's none better place to be this week oh why is that John because you guys go on to Coffees of Hawaii last few weeks we've been telling you to go on there and just join up and get yeah. involved in the coffee club your money yet. Because this week, between May the 29th and June the 6th, you go on to Coffees of Hawaii and you can get a 20% discount just for being an Iron Man Talk listener. Yep, you've got to enter the code IMTALK1, then it's all one word, so it's IMTALK1 when you go somewhere in there. Oh, let me check it out. I've been ready. What you do, you go into this online okay, shopping do, and you, you buy whatever you're going to buy, you don't have to worry about the code or anything like that. And then when on you, checkout, when you go to the checkout, you enter the special code I M Talk One. One because That's we're number one. I M Talk One, and you need to be really specific, and you have the opportunity to enter the code only when you're ready to check out. You'll not be able to enter the code on the homepage or when you're shopping or anything like that. It's when you're in the checkout. Okay, so um, it's also really important that you do go on and do this because there's going to be a little bit of a competition on because um, Coffees of Hawaii sponsor another well-known triathlete and they're going to be trying a similar oh, thing on their website and we oh. need to kick that person's ass Back it up. so hard it's not even funny. That's right, because we're competitive, we are. we're going to dominate them. So we want you guys to get on there, buy your coffee, you're going to get a 20% discount so that's going to you know, pretty easily cover all the shipping and everything like that. And oh so, yeah, well it's, it's worth it anyway because everyone, who, everyone who's bought it, it's, 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 the people always write through to us and say oh we're supporting yeah. the show by buying some coffee and everyone's saying how great the coffee is. They have, it's, it's been, been great. Yeah. So, we've, so been, we've been happy with the number of people buying, but we want more. We always want more. And because and, of that is competition. And it's a bargain. It's a bargain. Bevan and I are probably the two cheapest people you'll ever come across. It, well, it's true, if, isn't it? It's we, funny how we're both cheap, isn't it? Because <laughs> normally there's one cheap person and one spender. Uh, if we see a discount, we go for it. That's and right. And here's your discount. And you know what? Don't tell Albert I told you this, but tell your friends as well. Get them to order it and say, oh, it's great coffee. <laughs> and yeah, that's, yeah. But don't tell Albert I said that. Albert... Oh, sorry. <laughs> and so you go on there. Just uh, we're going to put these instructions on the website or not? No, but 
Well, yeah, no, I will. I will. I can do that. So just we spent two hours on the website today. But that's all right. You just <laughs> need to remember the code IMTalk1. No, I will. I'll put that and, in the ad on our website. And you do that when you go to the checkout once you've already picked everything you want to buy. So that's a good deal. We obviously thank Coffees of Hawaii for their support, and obviously they're supporting the whole Iron Man Talk community by doing this. You guys get a good deal, and uh, the whole show keeps going. If you haven't signed on. up for a card, this doesn't have anything to do with the card, but if you still want to sign up for the card, feel free to sign up for the card, and the specials that are on the card will still continue as they normally would. So um, that is Carry on as usual. So anyway, uh, that's pretty much the show for this week. I'm going to do my wrap-up questions. Again, if you had some questions over the time when John was away, um, I did reply and often say that we will get to them. Some of them we, we may just not get to. So if you want to reply and actually send it to us again, that'd be really great. Um, just one thing, um, last week, I think Chance was, wanted the Mike Riley thing. And uh, one guy, oh, I wish I should, should have heard his name, but someone actually sent it through. And I just think that uh, it's one of the great things about our show is that... Um, Sharing. Yeah, you know, we, we really do have this really cool community. And I think it's cool how everyone... Contributes, and so that's. I just thought it was really great. Um, if he sent through an MPEG, if someone wants to actually send through an MP3, that'd be really cool as well. Um, but anyway, um, go on to Amazon, uh, Amazon store if you want to buy. I bought some stuff on Amazon Did this you? week, and nice. I went through the store. Go, go, go good for you. How was that for you? It was fine. Yeah. yeah, it was fine. I actually following up. We obviously talked about the Flying Scotsman last week, and people are telling me that the book is a million times better than so the you movie. The book. So we went on there, and bought the book. Well, you're not that cheap, then, are you? No, I would have gone to the library, you see. Well, I won't be in the library in New Zealand. Oh, it's true. a pretty pretty new book, and I also bought a couple of other things. Oh, what did you buy? I bought some power training books. Oh, nice. And uh, Always the coach. Two, yeah, one or two other things. Was <laughs> you're back it no, up. No. I'm a back carry on. Oh, how to be a dad. That's yeah, a good idea. that's right. How to be a dad. Um, click on an ad on our website. That'd be really cool. We've got a, another sponsor coming on next week, so that's kind of exciting, and we'll, we'll talk that. about them next week. And one thing is, as we have more sponsors, we'll probably bug you less about supporting us in other ways. Um, mm. But if you could donate to the show, um, a couple of people have donated this week, and they didn't want their names. Yeah, I, I don't think we should be mentioning names, but if people want to donate... Okay, so and- what we need to do is we need to say, when you donate, email us and say, you want your name or not? Because you know what? I think some people like hearing yeah, your names. that's okay. And then some people don't. So for now, we're not going to. We had some really big donations this week, and it's really cool because um, it just really helps John and I, you know, really put more time into the show. And, um, you know, it's just, we just love you for doing it. Don't you, John? Mm, I do. You do. So yeah. what are you up to for this week, John? What am I up to? I'm on this sort of minimal training plan at the moment. I sort of do one workout a day. Did a bike race at the weekend. Didn't yeah. get dropped, which is a, always a nice thing. Nice. And what am I up to for the rest of this week? Not What's a great deal. Baby, I mean, prep? baby prep. I'm going to a uh, talk on altitude training on Friday, which should be cool. Oh. And then it's Queen's birthday weekend over here at the weekend. So I'll probably go and watch. We've got the local marathon on at the weekend. Yeah, I'm so go I'll probably go and have a bit of a watch there. I've got a few athletes racing there. And that's it's just, it's, it's just a waiting game now, isn't it? Just a waiting game. So if next week's show doesn't turn up, it means John's in the hospital. It's probably going to, well... It's likely likelier to be the week after. Is it really? Mm. But we'll wait and see. Well, I'm in my I'm in my last period of big training. I think mm. another week or so of big training, and to be honest, I'm beginning a bit lonely. Mm. <laughs> I need you out training, mate. The, the long run option. Yeah, I know, but I had to change my day around last week. Mm. Uh, long run options there, but I'm, I'm a bit short on time for the old long rides. So yeah, so I'm I'm, I'm basically training and working at the moment, and that's nice. pretty much my day. And then this weekend. No, that's all I'm doing. But I got my ticket. I got my ticket to Germany. 
Nice. Very cool. And I've got sort of my, my train to route. You listened, uh, listened to all the shows about your, your travel tips and yeah. things like that. Oh, no, I'm yeah. going to be getting five meals Go and ahead. I'm going to do the photo because I'm not soft. I'm not, I'm I didn't the, have a camera with Oh, me. whatever. <laughs> you, could have, you, you could have taken a photo. You could have asked someone else to take it for you and could yeah. send it as an email. That's true. I would have done that myself. But um, so, you know, that's uh, the show for this week. Anything else to add? Uh, John's coaching website? Triathloncoach.net. When, when's the new one going out? I've got the new one. It's all ready. I've just got to piss around and do the, all the texts oh. and stuff. I've got the design. Do the work, mate. I'm hoping maybe it's this week. You've got a kid yet. Once you've got a kid, that's oh, never yeah. going to happen. Yeah. So. It all changes then, mate. <laughs> so you keep telling me. Anyway. Um, that's the show. That's the show. Oh, hold on. We've got to do our ending. Yeah, yeah. We've got to do our ending. Yeah. Do you remember it? Uh, yep. Okay. Iron Russ. Iron Mendo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. Kia kaha.